Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Um, today on the show, uh, I have a, a wonderful human being. There's a lot of really cool things here in the city. Uh, she works with the Milwaukee Film Festival, the box office. She's leaving uh, for uh, Sundance tomorrow. Um, she works in uh, is it their uh, box office. Um, she uh, is starting a like a like a interview series uh, called Milwaukee Beat, uh, where she will be uh, um, exploring different food in the city, the, the best of what. Yeah, she's a, she's a River Wester. Uh, she's been out here for a while. Um, and uh, you also, um, you're the design specialist for, what was that again? There's a place in River West called Strong Microbials. That's it. Yeah. Um, they're a really cool company from Milwaukee made in Milwaukee that creates uh, probiotics for livestock, for animals. Oh, cool. And their, uh, their most popular product is a honeybee probiotic, because mm -hmm. the honeybees are seeing all kinds of health issues that are causing them to collapse. Mm. And if the honeybees go down, then everything goes down. Yeah, yeah for real. The, so. Yeah, they are like the, um, one of the most essential creatures to the entire ecosystem. So yeah. save the damn bees, people. Uh, so Leighton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good. I like your earrings a lot. You have really okay. cool earrings. I wear these a lot. Nice. Where do you get them from? They're actually from Walmart. Mm. Um, I wear these because they're nice and heavy, but not too heavy. And I used to stretch my ears, mm -hmm. so I have kind of like saggy earlobes. I gotcha. So like they don't fall out because they're too light, and they don't fall out because oh, they're sure. too heavy. So. Very awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I, Where are your earrings? I, I, I uh, seem to have left them uh, um, in my room or something. I don't know. I forgot it's them today. It's called a beard. Yeah, 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 right. Hello. Um, yeah, this this old thing. This has become like, I've been seeing like going out like the last couple of weeks and this has been like the first thing like people see when they see me. They're like, dude, beard. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's still my face, believe it or not. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's been a bit of a, been a, like it's been like a whole lifestyle like adjustment period. Like it affects the way I eat, drink, oh, yeah. talk, even you know. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, but um, but I've liked, I like I like it. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. Yeah. So. Um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy talks about beards a lot and just oh. how it's uh, it's like makeup for men or it's like a way to style yourself. Like you can. You can shape your sideburns. You can have just a, m a curly mustache and use some wax. <laughs> you can uh, shape your beard nicely. You know, uh -huh. like you're, you're, it's a way to style and change your look up. So. Yeah, for sure. My my buddy's uh, been he's been hitting me up asking me if like I need beard oil. I'm like, damn, dude, like this is getting serious. Like, it's shit. Beard oil. It'll help moisturize when it's really dry in the winter. Mm. Fair, sure. You don't have Good to. to. Know. <laughs> yeah. I've been told these things by beard growers. Oh, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, Leighton, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear through our passionate and creative minds. And um, we've been uh, friends on Facebook for a while, but then I noticed you did a lot of cool shit. And I'm like, I want to like actually talk to you, get to know you, learn about you. Um, so uh, you went to school for um, interdisciplinary interdisciplinary like media yeah. um at uwm um and that makes sense working with like the film festivals and whatnot um you also uh are planning on doing a lot of interviews in the next coming year uh, i guess to start i'd love to hear a little bit about uh i guess what um got you interested uh in like in like film and, and like the arts and whatnot, like I guess like where did your what piqued your interest in that growing up? Um, growing up, I, you know, it's like kind of a interesting thing to think about because I think everyone has creative potential. Yeah. Um, and I think that often the way that people are socialized based on their their gender identity is what can channel that more than actually their interests. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always like really into the arts, like just naturally really, I was always drawing since I was a kid and 
my parents hung up pictures of um, things I drew that have perspective. Even when I was like three, four, I was drawing like perspective, and I was really into copying other drawings and stuff. Nice. Um, and then I got into more things like mixed media in high school and um, performance. I was like singing classically since I was a little kid, mm -hmm. and I was in some performing choirs, and I was in like a classical girls choir. Nice. I even started singing opera. And then I was like, you know, I can't make a living out mm -hmm. of this. And I don't think I want to because um, I'm just interested in like multimedia. It's like so yeah. many different things that there's ways to mix them up. Um, and I just, yeah, it just seemed kind of like a dry sort of like white person thing to do to be like. And I know that that sounds weird because people of all different races and backgrounds sing classical yeah. music and sing opera. It's just for me, like where I came from, which was Appleton, I felt like that trajectory was just like, I wasn't going to get a lot of exposure to other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I didn't do that kind of stuff. Totally. But uh, it was, yeah, it was weird kind of dabbling with things where my family is really technical and my uncle's a filmmaker and family friends are filmmakers. My dad is a technical writer and did some technical drawing and um, my mom is like a... DOT person, she does like policy analyzing and stuff. <clears throat> but they're really creative. Like my dad's really good at building and fabricating. He really likes art. Um, my mom's really creative, and she loves gardening and creating things. So um, in the background, I was always like feeling like I was being pushed to more do like drawing, painting, these kind of classical woman sorts of mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And then once me and my twin brother turned like fourteen, fifteen, we're like. <clears throat> We should try other things. Mm -hmm. And he was really good at soccer, and he was really into skateboarding up until college or through college. Um, so we kind of like switched. Like he got into the arts, and I got more into like technical things and sports for sure. a minute. And we're like, you know, we're we can be good at any of these things if we just practice. Yeah. So I think that really influenced. I mean, our parents helped influence our plethora of interests, um, but I I felt like I it was. For me to get really into something, it was up to me because also totally. like we couldn't afford to keep putting me in these choirs because you mm -hmm. have to pay like a tuition sort oh, of, yeah. and the older you get and the more prestigious and like traveling you do, even for him for soccer and me for singing and performing stuff, like our family just couldn't afford it, mm -hmm. and so we just worked on like what do we want to do because we're gonna have to explore those venues yeah, ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. I always had like a knack for humanitarianism and just looking beyond, uh, you know, the the normal everyday sort of things that are visible and what's underneath and who's suffering and why. Um, and so, I was trying to find sort of an outlet for like social justice even as a teenager. Um, and I remember in two thousand eight, I was kind of naive. Like I wasn't like a super woke like Marxist when I was. 15 like some of my other friends were yeah. like I was oh believe me it took me a lot longer to get there myself so, yeah 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 and so like in 2008 I campaigned for Obama and I was like really into his campaign and this sort of promise of of social programming for the United States and then I got into like nonpartisan, like knocking on doors in my free time and trying to get people to figure out where their polling places were because Wisconsin has like a history of really bad gerrymandering yeah. and so people's you know they move but then people's polling places also change so especially people in the middle of the city it's like it makes it really fucking hard for people to find out where to vote mm -hmm. when to vote and all these barriers uh, so for me when as I grew older and I went to school here and I learned more about Milwaukee and I just learned more as an, a young adult um, I wanted to find something that was that melded together my love of media and the arts, technicality stuff where I get to work with computers and maybe hardware and software, and then also like these social justice issues. Mm -hmm. So I started school doing um, anthropology and film so I could like make documentaries. Yeah. But I was like 18 and I was like, I don't know shit about this. Right, yeah. Like I really don't know anything. You know, I just felt like so stupid, like at a loss, where I was like, I don't even know where to start. Like, who's going to take me seriously? And do I even have sort of the background knowledge to properly facilitate what I want to do? Mm -hmm. totally. So I was like, nah, I got to learn shit. Yeah. I got to learn shit for a long time. 
So I, I was in film school for two years and then I switched to my other degree, which was like arts and technology. And then I just involved myself in any way that I could with community stuff, community organizing stuff, music stuff. So yeah, that was long-winded, but it's for sure. the film step has been cool because I started working at the UWM Cinema. I was a projectionist and then worked as a house manager there for three years. Cool. Um, and I met someone really special that's worth mentioning, my friend Dawn Borkart. Okay. Um, her dad is the guy who made American Movie. Is that Mark? Mark? Yeah. yeah, Mark Borkart, yeah. Borchart. Borchart. I guess. Okay. I may be saying it wrong. I thought it was Borkart, but now I feel really silly. Have I even saying my own friend's name wrong? Shout out to Mark and Dawn. <laughs> Mark and Dawn, shout out. Yeah. But um, Dawn was kind enough to hire me on at the theater, and ever since then I've kind of been involved with film, and she's been my main contact and like reference mm -hmm. uh, as, as like a colleague and a mentor. Awesome. Very so, yeah. cool. Yeah. That is an awesome story. Um, Super I've, long. No, sorry. for sure. That, hey, I mean, you've uh, clearly like one thing led to another in what you realized like you wanted to do and had to learn for yourself. And I can relate a lot. Like I noticed a lot of creative parallels uh, with myself. Um, I... So, funny you mentioned that, uh, I think you said your mom was a gardener. My parents are gardeners. We had a greenhouse. That was mm. our family business. Um, and, like, I was a very, like, uh, you know, very, like, isolated and uh, misunderstood kid. You know, like, I was very introverted. I didn't really know how to relate to people very well uh, growing up. I mean, I had some friends, but, like... I was always kind of like uh, an outlier. At least I, I perceived myself as an outlier, you know, growing up. So like, because I mean, I wasn't in sports. I wasn't really like, like I was in um, um, band in middle school, but like that was because it was, I was forced to do it. Um, so I, it took me a while to find like a real creative outlet that I was passionate about and um, when I was in high school, like, I took broadcasting because I thought it would be fun, and I turned out to really love doing it, and then that led me into what became journalism at UWM, and um, kind of similar to you with, like, the whole, like, you know, you start out kind of having a narrow scope of, like, what you need to know in order to do, to accomplish your goals, because it was the same for me, like, when you, f when you first get to school, and you want to do broadcasting, I'm like, yeah, I want to be like an anchor. I want to be a reporter, you know, yeah. like I want to do, I want to be in front of the camera. I want to, I want to tell it like it is, but it just doesn't work like that. Uh, you have to learn so much like theory, you know, you have to learn grammar, like proper semantic, like news writing. You have to, you know, learn the inverted pyramid leads. You have to learn, you know, how to properly like select who you're talking to, who you're getting information from, your sources, like when you're conducting a story, and then that goes into the multimedia. Like, we had to do a lot of multimedia stuff. We had to learn how to do sound slides and iMovie and audio recording and, um, you know, every, every little, like, uh, form of telling a story. Um, and multimedia journalists are the most highly sought out, um, because, you know, they're the most skilled. Uh, so, like, a lot of... That's kind of how a lot of news has shifted. You know, it's like a hybrid of print stories, but also, you know, like, some on-camera, some video stuff as well. Um, that's why I feel like people like Hassan Piker are really successful in their reporting. Yeah. Because he uses clips that Twitter has captured, that, that people out in the world have captured to cover that political media and then he's got infographics mm -hmm. and he's got his own interviews yeah. and he's just in like cartoons and even these little features mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah he, he does a swell job um telling a story but also showing the story too um and also kind of like you like i don't like you said that you had uh you wanted to do a lot of humanitarian work and you wanted to like bring social justice into your um, creative outlet and I think I realized I wanted to do something like that 
once like I became so disillusioned with like hard news, you know, after a couple years, after a couple internships, like I decided like I want to do music journalism because like I want to platform creative artists. Um, I want to you know kind of showcase some more like that. I want to bring up the humanity in creatives, you know, um, and that kind of like I feel like I'm doing that sort of simultaneously, not only with this like on a broader scale of like hearing what somebody is passionate about, why they do what they do, but also breaking and entering, like I write, I freelance right on the music scene and- I read that blog. Thank you. Or website rather. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, I'm proud of, uh, proud to be a part of it. Um, but you know, like just giving, um, cause that's what I'm really interested in. You know, like I'm not interested in you know, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like writing a paper for a grade, and you could be writing yeah. something that you aren't passionate or don't give a shit about. But and the same goes for telling a story. I'm not going to tell a story that like I'm just kind of like I could care less about just because like it's going to, you know, it's going to boost ratings or you know it's basically it's. A piece of a newscast, you know, like I want to tell real stories, like stories that I'm passionate about telling, and um, and you you seem to be the same way. Like you want to, you know, showcase people that are using film or using whatever medium of which of their choosing to bring out like real like socioeconomic and political and domestic issues that exactly. people just, you know, can very easily overlook or that people wouldn't have insight about otherwise. Yeah. You know, because I think you also pointed this too. It's like and it's like it only goes so far when a bunch of white people are telling the story of somebody else, you know? It's like what we can do as white people is talk to people that are actually part of marginalized communities or have dealt with said issues, but if we're the ones just telling their story, it's not going to be correct. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be skewed because you know whiteness is inserted into that naturally. Like, I, like what you're doing, like, is really awesome because you know you are actively like using your medium to 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 initiate like real conversations and real change. Good for you. This is our this is our precursor video about how we started working together. Hey, there you go. It's the catalyst. Fuck yeah. I'm about it. I looked at your cat right when you said that. Oh. Get it, there catalyst? <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. I, I Too might. early for dad jokes. It, it's it's okay. You know. Yeah, it's it's still morning, but um but anyway, um yeah, so, uh, so I guess how did you start getting involved in the organizations that you are now currently involved in, like the Milwaukee Film Festival and whatnot? Um, well, I, I sort of have always been dancing around with film stuff, and I, like I said, I've been trying to like gather my forces, so I'm not making things while being uninformed. Mm -hmm. I've also just been working my ass off, so I haven't given a lot of time to my own creative filmmaking as much as I'd like to. Yeah. I still make art, I still um, do graphic design for people, mm -hmm. I do it professionally and on the side for gigs, um, and just try to use my uh, skills in multimedia to help my community. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like the film organizations, I started at UWM when I worked at the theater there. Right. Um, it was really great meeting people from the sociocultural programming department from the different departments at UWM who were looking to put on a film so mm -hmm. that they could talk about these issues. Um, we met really cool traveling filmmakers. Still one of my favorite ones who came is my Facebook friend. I hope he sees this video. Uh, his name is Juice Drakebelt and he's a Scandinavian, Dope. I believe, guy awesome. who does um, really amazing scientific like photon and light and movement based media. That sounds amazing. Like he takes, yeah, he, I, it's very scientific. Yeah. He like takes the movement or the wavelengths and the structures of crystals and things and he creates, he represents them with 
sound wow. and with video. Holy shit! That's it was super wild. Cool. Like I yeah. couldn't even put a picture to like to that. Yeah. So I'd have to really. A lot of like fractally things. Yeah, I'd have to see that. That sounds. You'll have to show me. Yeah. That sounds super dope. Um, and there, like, we had a really great show that um, someone very special in Milwaukee named Isaac Sherman. Oh yeah, also Storm, Storm Chaser. Chaser. Shout yeah. out to Sam Straps because they both um, helped this group called Bitchin' Bajas come to I've, UWM yeah, yeah. and they played a live show and I like bought two of their records. That's awesome. I think. Or at least one, I know that. Um, Wait, I believe, so um, is that the group that opened for Stereolab at uh, Turner Hall at the beginning of October? You know what, if Bitchin' Bajas came, I'm like bummed I missed that because I'm not even like crazy yeah. on Stereolab. That Stereo is... Lab. Bajas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was because uh, I saw I was at that show. Yeah. yeah they oh my it. god. Yeah. That, I can't believe I missed that. Oh, I'm they were really good. They're good. They're super dope. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they we had all kinds of things like that, and I remember in college I was like, I was really into the avant-garde stuff. As much as I thought UWM was lacking in technical training, they really fucking were. Um, the film clubs helped with that, but I loved weird classes. I love learning about um, Paper Rad. They're like one of my favorites. Carl Bogner uh, invited them, so they played at the theater live. Awesome. And then um, they also played They also played for class. We played their films and they did like a little live set. Um, Corey Archangel is the guy who created the infamous video of Super Mario Clouds. It's called on YouTube and it's like an internet culture video where he hacks into a N64 and he is able to make the whole game like endlessly the clouds moving like that's all that happens cool. yeah. and he like plays this guitar to it interesting sure. i don't know it was wild oh it's so so um we had just a really great mixture of things at the theater and i was really influenced by the people who worked there um with me back in the day and those people are still highly involved in in film and they work for milwaukee film to mm. this day um as like I think Isaac is the main projectionist there. Uh, once they bought the Oriental Theater, and Sam does projectionist stuff, and he does like sound all around the city. Mm -hmm. And then Don is working for Sundance full time. So, like the folks that I met at UWM continue to be like great people to know yeah. and just really savvy, um, interesting artists. So that's very that's cool. kind of how it. That's how it's yeah started. totally. And, like Don. Dawn and I worked for box office at Milwaukee Film. I was mm -hmm. like her sales ticket seller, um, and she was a box office manager, and she produces Freeland Film Festival. Oh, yeah. So I worked there for her. Um, I'll see her at Sundance. And that's like a newer one? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's only two years old, um, and it's an environmental film festival. It's run by uh, this guy named Steve, and I am forgetting Steve's last name like a chunk, but he was interviewed by GQ magazine. Oh, cool. Um, because they have a lot of, the Freeland organization, or it's called Freeland Foundation, their main thing is to uh, stop trafficking of animals and, and animal products that are endangered. And in the process, they accidentally sort of fell into stopping human trafficking, because it turns out that in black markets, people are selling endangered species like rhino tusks and elephant yeah. tusks and um, they're also selling people sometimes yeah. selling labor illegally sex trafficking mm -hmm. which is a huge stuff. largely overlooked issue here yeah you know yeah there are groups that are helping in milwaukee i briefly briefly i would like to say briefly because i can't claim that i have any sort of like trajectory with this group but a really awesome organization in milwaukee called uh umos United Migrant Opportunity Services. Mm -hmm. They've had like a lot of efforts to keep their eyes on trafficking. Oh, awesome. Because labor trafficking is huge too. Mm -hmm. Like not, you know, sex work is a type of work. And so that's not the only type of work that's trafficked, though it's a huge issue in Milwaukee. But also like trafficking people for labor to, to do like domestic work. Like having a domestic worker like cleaning or um, kitchen works, mm -hmm. uh, service right. industry work. Like, there's all kinds of hidden things where there's a labor broker involved between the United States and America, and they are knowingly um, corroborating with people who are willing to take these people's identity so they have no way of proving who they are, and then they're in a foreign country and they can't go home, and they just hold these people up for 
18 hour days or like really low wages. So I briefly worked like helping with youth stuff like organizing events and teaching some curriculum. Damn, that's a living horror. Like even yeah. just thinking about that, like that whole thing, having whole your entire identity hijacked. Yeah. You know, like that's just, that's disgusting. It's crazy. Um, yeah, but good for you. Like you know, working to fight, you know, to to fight that, you know, the injustice and whatever. Uh, I give amazing. more props to the people still doing it because I think it really takes someone who's on the ground and is able to be bilingual. And I, yeah. I didn't have that, you know, sadly, I didn't have that skill. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, the film, it's what's it called? Free, uh, Freeland. Freeland. Uh, is, where is it based? Green Lake, Wisconsin. Okay, sure. Cool. It's like two hours away. I see. Well, uh, sounds really cool. When, uh, when is it every year? Um, it's in the summer. The first year it was in June, and then they moved it back to September. Okay, sure. Um, but it sounds really awesome. Uh, that sounds exactly in line with uh, everything that you know you feel passionate about with what you do. So I guess like so with your own creative filmmaking, I guess like whether it was something that you spearheaded, something that like you know a project that you like a story that you specifically wanted to tell and created, or one that you are a part of. I guess like what are some films that you've been involved in or have done that you're particularly proud of mm -hmm. um, in, you know, telling these stories? Yeah. Um, I haven't made a ton of films, I'll say that. I Like I said, I've been working a lot. I also right, worked yeah. in, like, kitchens back yeah. at the house, and... Um, I feel you there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just been, it's kind of been a struggle, but... Um, yeah, I've also spread myself kind of thin. The things that I have worked on that I'm I'm happy about is back in 2015, um, me and a bunch of uh, students in the film and like different art and design programs made a film uh, with one of Tate Bunker's classes. Um, it's called I Am Here, and it's a film. Uh, Sinceri Dixon is the main star. Shout out to Sinceri. And it's a film about a woman who goes through a very traumatic event. It's implied that she uh, goes through sexual assault. We actually show it without showing it. Um, the sound design and the shots strongly allude to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, it's sort of a dreamscape where she's suffering essentially with her own emotions and then goes through like this rebirth of healing. So it shows sort of the struggle and the pain she's experiencing um, and then how she heals from this traumatic event mm -hmm. and, and goes forward with a new life. And so the whole dreamscape uh, is involved with the medium of water. So she's, you know, at one point drowning, she's coming back to the surface, you know, she has like this um, cathartic moment with water under it where she can like hear the water and it becomes her and she's in a bathtub and she just sort of falls back into these thoughts uh, and then she comes to the surface and has a new sort of outlook sure. where she's growing and changing. So that was a really cool film and we got Best Student Film and Video that year. Amazing. Um, it went to the Driftless Film Festival in Mineral Point, Wisconsin mm -hmm. and it went to the Cannes Film Festival in France. Wow. That's that cool. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So we got we got lucky with that one. And the DPs were very good. Derek Shreves and Sinhao Leong from UWM were really, real good. Shout out. Shout out to those guys and everybody involved. Hell yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a great That's film amazing. that we made together. And then sort of the upcoming stuff I'm psyched about. Because yeah. I like interview stuff. Totally. So let's, yeah, let's get into it. So, um, yeah, uh, I... You you offered to interview me and I'm stoked because I really uh, I'm I'm down I'm ready to like get yes. it turned on me so yes. fuck yeah I'm ready I'm me and my friend Jake have been working on like a food interview series and stuff we're just gonna make it a four part instead of this never ending thing yeah but we want to interview people totally. I want to interview people yeah it's fun you know like it's you fun. you get like real like uh, testimony um, from people from from people about like you know, what they're really about, what they're trying to do here, you know, like, what keeps them going, and, uh, you, like, 
every single story that you hear from somebody, like you can apply it back to yourself and compare it to things you've experienced, like relate to people in ways you never thought you could relate. Mm-hmm. And just like you learn a ton. Yeah. Um, which has been amazing to use this platform for. Interviewing people is a ton of fun. And it is just like, it's just, it's really, it's also just really uh, um, rewarding when you can just turn it into a genuine conversation too. Yeah. Yeah. People are, people are so interesting. They are, yeah. You can find out so many new weird things about people, even just like asking them general questions. Totally. What'd you eat last night? Exactly. I love, that's my favorite question. Like, what did you eat? (laughs) Yeah. Why did you eat it? Right, yeah. How do you feel about what you ate? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, I kind of started off every time, like, I usually, uh, depending on the time of day, like, I usually ask people what they did today, like, what they did that day, mm-hmm. like, um, or just starting it off with a, mm-hmm. a really, like, general, broad, how are you, or something like that, you know, like, like Ben's teaching you. me things. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, like... It's establishing that rapport so both of you are more comfortable moving forward with it and whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, and, you know, from your energy, I can uh, sense that you'll be pretty good at it, you know? That, we'll hope so. Yeah, totally. Um, so, that being all said, uh, yeah, I guess, like, this Milwaukee Beat thing, the, the four-part uh, food series that you wanted to, I guess, like, where did you, like, kind of spark interest in the idea? Um, I, I have a lot of interest in the idea because I'm obsessed with learning about food and eating it. Uh, I worked in kitchens as, as back of house as a cook, barista, short order cook, line cook Mm -hmm. for like 12 freaking years. Like between all my other stuff, I've always been like drawn to the kitchen. What are we making guys? (laughs) So, um, I don't think I'll ever totally escape that world. And I think like if I didn't have student debt, I would still try and work more part-time cooking because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where it comes from. But, like, so many restaurants have their own stories. Yeah. Like, they have they have so many great things um, and weird things to know that go way deeper than just their food. Like, if you dive deep, even uh, that whole little area by Cactus Club, like Good Kind, mm-hmm. Cactus Club itself, um... Dramatic Lovers, the owner of Bernhardt's. I love Dramatic Lovers, yeah. You know why they're named Dramatic Lovers? Why? Uh, or Dramatic Lovers Social Club. It's based on the Italian Catholic anarchist group that used to meet there. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. They actually, uh, they blew up some cops back yeah, in the day. Oh, damn. But they were trying to get a crazy evangelical guy and uh, who wouldn't stop basically terrorizing the Italian Catholics, and they were like, dude, get out of here. Like, it's you wild. need to stop with your stuff. Like, nobody wants you here. <laughs> right. You're causing everyone issues. Yeah. And they planted a little bomb, and then the cops found it, and then took it out of the church. Damn. It's crazy. Wow, that is... And they... The bomb went off. <laughs> so... She... You said... <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, um, you know, so like... In Bayview, the Bayview Massacre, when everyone went on strike, um, there was like one last place that did not go on strike. Everyone tried to roust him out, and that that was a catalyst for this whole shootout with the cops. So Milwaukee has like a very good labor history, but also a very like tragic history, you know. So there's really dark parts of Milwaukee. It's worth talking about the good and the bad, and sort of think about how we can rebuild a new world out of the the rubble. Um, yeah. So and so even restaurants are involved with that, like place, totally. like geography is super yeah. involved. Absolutely. In that stuff. Uh, one of my uh, friends, I forgot who it was specifically, but uh, someone I recently saw on Facebook said, "Don't claim Milwaukee if you're afraid to go anywhere in Milwaukee." Yeah. Like basically, don't call Milwaukee like your city if you're still too apprehensive to like venture into certain parts of it. Yeah. Um, which is. Totally, that's real right. as fuck. Uh, I've seen that float around too, and I yeah. think that's real. Yeah, um, yeah, like food, just the food ventures in the city. Um, I've been kind of like uh, committing myself to the last like couple of years. Like, I have a huge list on my phone of all the places to try, and yeah. still got a lot to go. Same. But 
but yeah, like Bayview has some of like the top spots I really want to try. Good Kind is one of them. Uh, I haven't been to Odd Duck yet. I've heard Odd Duck is amazing. It's I've really been nice. I've been to Lulu yet. Um, I haven't been to um, Bernhardt's. I still have to go to um, even a Walker's Point like. Crazy Water and Swig and Camino and La Miranda, Olivia's. Yeah. I haven't been to any of those places, but yeah. they've been on my list for so long. I will say though, uh, one of the new places that I tried, um, just because it was walking distance, um, in the Crossroad Commons, like right up next yeah. to the Oriental, uh, the, the Egg and Flour Pasta Bar. Sh shout out to Adam Pollock. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's so good. The barbecue place in there is also Hell amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then uh, Frida's in there is bomb. Okay. I actually yes. worked in there for a little bit. Oh, did part you? Part time, because I was trying to save money to oh, buy a house. Oh, right. there so you I go. <laughs> I knew everybody in there. Did you end up buying the house? Yes, up on Buffalo. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good for you. Um, there's a place up in Harambee that a lot of people probably haven't tried. I hadn't tried until last year is uh, Savoy's. Oh yeah. So okay. it's kind of like old school. It's it's old school. It's like a dive bar slash club. Uh, it's kind of for the olds, but I mean that in a good way. Like mm. when you walk in, they have a sign which I love. Great, and it says uh, no. I think it's no women under like twenty three and no men under twenty seven. Like they have an age limit slash age restriction. I should say. Interesting. Because they don't want. They just want like an older crowd. They want oh. like it to be an older crowd. I don't know. Damn. So I can't go in there for another three years. Shit. They... Damn. Maybe it's twenty five. Maybe it's twenty five. I just know that the the, still, the woman nice. age is younger. But their catfish fry is really good. Oh, okay. They slow cook greens, and I'm pretty sure there's some ham in there. It's not brisket. It tastes like ham, um, and it's like really delicious, smoky. It's like. You know, when you have a soup or something with kale or collards where it, like, infuses, the greens infuse. Yeah. And that's when it releases the most vitamins. Okay. So it's, like, really good slow-cooked greens. You get a pancake of cornbread, like a homemade oh, nice. pancake. And oh, then yeah. really good uh, catfish with, like, a light batter, like, perfectly white tender fish. It's not stanky or fishy. It's just really good. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so, like, I love catfish, and I always have. I've always been, like, a nut about seafood. And I love fish. fish. I love I love shellfish. I love seafood. I yeah. used to shuck oysters. Yes. And, I mean, it was at Metro Market. <laughs> but... Dude, oysters are, like, you gotta know are, how to shuck. If you yeah. shuck one oyster, or you get to shucking, and you know how to do it, you can do it. It's a ton of fun, anywhere. and they're so tasty. Yeah. Um, I, it's a skill, though. Yeah. I've been to nice restaurants when someone couldn't properly shuck, and there was chunks of crap yeah. in there, and, they, like and the it was resin. still connected. Yeah. The tissue, yeah. You know, yeah. So. One of my favorite things my mom makes whenever I go home, she just made it this past Thanksgiving. I'm so happy. Uh, linguine with clam sauce. Um, I, I, I just love, um, like, whether it's clams or scallops or crab, oysters, you name it. I yeah. love shellfish. I'm not... It's funny because like some of my a lot of my fa I'm Jewish and a lot of my favorite foods mm -hmm. are like like you're not supposed to eat under like kosher law. Oh but, yeah. But fuck that. I love that <laughs> shit so much. You know I love my my cheeseburgers. You know I like pork. I love bacon. Oh no! Oh, I tell your mom. Uh, she, oh she doesn't care. She <laughs> she she likes it too. Okay. Um we don't we don't follow that shit. But it's, I I always thought it was funny but um but yeah uh and this this that's gonna be an exciting adventure for you mm -hmm. so uh do you have the like for each four episodes do you have like the particular type of food picked out already yeah loosely the first episode is for sure ramen we already shot we already shot it at well i can't tell you where awesome i will I say could, but it's it's like i want to wait till we release the yeah. episode it's taken a long time because i was just working on my house stuff but um, it's at a place that used to be a different restaurant, mm -hmm. and the reasons for which it changed are really interesting. Okay. Because the sure. previous restaurant was a piece of shit, I'll say that. Okay. And the new place that serves ramen is awesome. It's uh, Asian-owned, really delicious. They make traditional-style 
tonkatsu, I should say tonkatsu, and some guys from Japan came, some chefs from Japan trained their staff how to cook it properly awesome. and slow cook the broth for like over 10 hours. Oh, wow. And I don't know if any other place in Milwaukee does that. Yeah. So at first I was like, man, it looks kind of bougie in here and it looks sort of like gentrify-y because it was new. Right. But something I would like to say for sure, and some people may not like this, because we have a little bit of like an old school town feel to Milwaukee, mm -hmm. is that just because something is new doesn't inherently mean that it's an example of gentrification. Sure. That, hey, that's valid. That's totally uh, reasonable to say. Yeah. It's and it's only... like we have to look behind the scenes, like who yeah. owns the restaurant, how is right. it run, how do the workers feel about it, is anyone displaced? And right. if not, people aren't being displaced. Exactly. And, and it's a good business who has a diverse workforce. And it's not just like white people co-opting a culture. Right. You know, we can infer that it's not gentrification. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of discussions online with people about it. And I understand the concern, but there's been quite a few cases of people claiming a restaurant is gentrifying. It's like, just because they have a new look, like new interior design. Right doesn't imply that this is gentrification. Exactly, yeah. It could still so, be, yeah, it could be owned by somebody, like, that, you know, is, if they're doing authentic cuisine, it might be owned by somebody from that culture. Right. Or it might be, you know, reasonably priced, not that yeah. expensive. Like, exactly. it might actively be involved in its community, like, giving right. money to, or partnered with organizations like that. Like, And definitely. a lot of those places do do all those things, yeah. you know, where... Like, because it's not uh, looking to gentrify and develop, it's looking to meet people where they're at with approachable food. Mm -hmm. um, I think that those other things naturally come with it. So that's been an interesting sort of yeah. journey. And on that episode, every episode, I'm interviewing somebody as well as eating at a restaurant. The yeah. interview is, like, relevant to sure. the restaurant. So I talk to the workers, but then I have somebody else from the outside come with me and I interview them because of their community involvement. Totally. I just want to add on that point, at least even if like, like on the gentrification topic, at least it's also not a corporation because I feel like they're doing a lot more damage than any, oh, yeah. any business opening up where an old one used to be. Right. Um, and if people are going to talk shit on a business, they better be prepared to be advocating for unions and working livable wages. Right. Instead of being like, you know, fuck that big company, it's like, yes, but also because fuck that big company, like, you should be showing up to the march for the fight for 15. Right, yeah. You should be advocating for unions and labor, not just sitting on Facebook, taking a shit at everybody right. who works at McDonald's. Exactly. Because that's whack. Right, which I must, like, I know I need to be better, but I need to, I need to community organize a lot more myself. Especially if they end up, like, if people are going to talk they have to be willing right. then to sort of like yeah. support. And I mean, I worked at Starbucks for a year and a half. Like, yeah. I worked for I worked at Cousins. Yeah, for sure. Like, and like, we all work for, we all work low wage jobs. Mm -hmm. And especially in our generation, it's like the, you know, there people, people be like, boomers yeah, especially are like, right. well, we have the lowest unemployment rate. And it's like, we also have the highest amount of people working low wage servicing right. industry jobs in the history of the United States. Yeah. That, so right. cool, cool. Yeah, like it's like what are, what issue did we really solve by lowering right. unemployment? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, so now um, you know Layton's not out of her salary job for working for the city at the courthouse or whatever the heck, but I'm employed working for minimum wage yeah. with everyone else. Totally. Which is fine, and uh, the, I I didn't mean to skew it, and make it sound weird like that, but like and it could be me, it could be anybody. Yeah. You know, for like. Sure. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I hey, I you're speaking uh some some truth. You're, I'm you're, not against people, and people are like, well, people are going to milk the system. No, it's for like, sure. Milk it, man. No, you are no milk it, milk you, it hard. You are talking some good shit here. I mean, I, I everything you're saying is totally rational. Like it's just like basically, it's sort of like if you're going to like be as passionate about change, then you know, walk the walk. You know, like really, like actively. Yeah be a part of that change but anyway um so your first one was ramen uh what are the other ones uh for sure we're going to do milwaukee's best fish fry okay 
I, I'm excited. I don't really know too much about fish fry. I'm so. very picky about fish fry. And it's because there are just such simple ingredients. Yeah. Like, that you have to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like sure. you fry the fish, you fry some potatoes in some fashion, you have a coleslaw. You should have some toasted rye or pumpernickel bread. <laughs> right, yeah. And some lemon wedges and some butter. Okay. That's it. That's a... Starter kit. Starter kit. Fish fry starter kit. And if you don't have, like, if you want to variate, want to vary one of those, I should say, um, like, make sure it tastes good. Yeah. Definitely. So. Sure. Well, a lot of people, they're like, we're doing a fish fry, and it's like. Yeah. I'll be, have you tried companies? It's pretty good. It is pretty good, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I had it when they first started it, and they were still sort of developing the batter, you could tell. Mm. And then the second, third, fourth time. Yeah, awesome. right. <laughs> this is like your thing. <laughs> I, uh, I know. Yeah, I haven't tried clingers right here yet. Oh my god, I love clingers. I need to go to clingers still. Yeah, I haven't been. You haven't tried clingers? No, and I live right here, so hey, one of these Fridays I will. It's really good. You gotta just ask for the regular fish fry. It's walleye. Oh, good, good to know. Their potato pancakes are the best I've had in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, and... Their applesauce that you dip it in is good. Word. Their waffle fries are good. I haven't dipped at, done the applesauce. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe, I mean, I'll try it. Don't knock it till you try it. I, yeah, I will. I, I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, what would the next ones? Um, we're kind of thinking about which ones to do. Uh, we're thinking, like, best tacos. That's a good um, conversation to have. It's tacos in Milwaukee. I think tacos are sort of the first. They're like the battlegrounds for the gentrification topic, and I understand why. So I would want to try like best tacos that are authentic. Yeah. Because right. we have a little, you know, they call it Little Mexico or whatever on the south side, and there are so many good taco places. Um, but then I know people are really partial about these taco institutions that exist, you know, like, what about Vagabond? It's like, Vagabond's pretty good, but but I don't think they're the most authentic. Same with Bel Air, you know, mm. same same deal, yeah. you know, totally. Uh, laughing Taco, I gotta say, for co-opting tacos, they're really good. I have heard they're really good. I need they're to good. Try them, so. They're freaking good. They're, uh, they're carni their carnitas, are, the tacos are really good. They put, they have like homemade hot sauces, whatever. You could just try it. I will, I will. For vegans, try. their cactus taco is amazing. It's like spice seasoned cactus, oh, sliced wow. avocados, and. I'm not even vegan, I'll totally try that. That sounds really good. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the only place in my mind that I would substitute for authentic. Mm -hmm. Like, even like if you're drunk and want to eat late at night, Cielito Lindo. I love Cielito Lindo. Freaking good. It's really fucking good. That's one of my, yeah. that's probably like one of my favorite. That and Arandas on yeah. the south side are like my two yeah. best ones I've tried so far. Yeah. Uh, there's GTO's, uh, Guadalajara. Guadalajara's good. Um, so yeah, I think for that one, I would want to do more of a poll of what yeah. Milwaukeeans think, especially like. Mexican Milwaukee. Yeah, that one will be more of an exploration for sure. Yeah. Because there's so um, much. Yeah, so that one's kind of like, I don't know yet, and I still want to make sure that I, that the episode is done right and it's like yeah. driven by people who know best. Totally. So, um, and then lastly, I'm trying to think what other ones we were really thinking about. Um, there's just so many like niche Milwaukee things. Right. Like we could do something weird down the line, like, best uh, Al Capone, which is, like, this weird Chicagoland slash Milwaukee creation. Yeah. You know, it's, like, meat wrapped in meat wrapped yeah, in meat. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I don't think that's, like, a restaurant one, per se. Mm -hmm. So I think that last episode is kind of up for debate. We have all of our, excuse me, perspective ideas up. Yeah. You um, could do Thai food. You could do sushi. You could yeah. do... Uh, We're thinking, like, curry. Curry, But then yeah. it's, like... Thai curry or Indian curry. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm obsessed with Thai curry. I know which place. I feel like I know which places are the best. I mean, I used to live across the street from Thai Kitchen, and I, I, Thai Kitchen's really good. Yeah. And it's cheap too. It's like affordable. You know, I'm crazy for not going there. I haven't been there yet. Oh wow. 
We'll I've been to, to Isan. We'll have to go sometime. Isan. Yeah. We yeah. should go. Yeah, we will. We will. I uh, really eat. like rice and rolls curry. Rice and rolls really good. Um, I love uh, Tynamite's curry. Tynamite, yeah. Bee's cuisine. I haven't been to Bee's. And then there's a um, Thai barbecue on National. Mm. Bang it. Damn, there's so much. This. Damn, I'm getting hungry as hell. Uh, <laughs> I got you a muffin. You did get me a muffin, which I will go eat in a second. Um, well, yeah, for the. Uh, we could keep doing this for. You know hours but yeah. sadly we are uh, uh, getting low on time here yeah. um, but I'm excited to see what 2020 will bring I'm excited for Milwaukee beat I'm excited to you know observe how you continue to uh, use your medium to advocate for real change and tell real stories so thanks you good do. for you yeah for sure uh, we all right Leighton um, <laughs> uh, we had a wonderful conversation about film about uh food ventures about uh social justice i don't know this was really fun i i really enjoyed this i'm glad you could be a part of it thank you thanks for having me your bet so or you bet so uh tell me what keeps you up at night oh my god so many things that the earth is like as we know it is changing so fast that we're not going to make it past like 2050 and um you know, but we don't need to go into that right now, I suppose. It'll be a, it'll be a yeah. saga. You know, we'll, we'll have... Uh, Who will survive? Yeah. Right. The rich people? Never. Damn, yeah. <laughs> the revolution. It's, it's coming. Uh, what puts you to sleep, though? Uh, Christmas music. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, music. For real, I love it. I love, like, weather music. Okay. As much as I love, like metal which is a lot oh yeah i i uh yeah i used to fall asleep to the radio every single night because yeah. i couldn't sleep to silence it had to be music yeah i still have to put like a fan on oh yeah the white noise, the white noise. yeah for sure mm -hmm. i feel that well thank you for being on the show thanks for having yeah i had a ton of fun um so um think about how you can use your medium to tell you know real stories from people that have dealt firsthand with social issues and whatnot um and support local food businesses and uh yeah there's a lot of great food in this city i'm excited to see where you where you bring it to thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time